You're listening to And the Plot Thickens, an Authors on the Air radio network podcast. Join your host, suspense and horror writer Jeff Crawford, as he explores the art of creating tension and mood with authors from a wide variety of genres. Find out more about Jeff and his books at authorjeffcrawford.com. And now, meet today's author guest. Hey up and welcome to And the Plot Thickens, part of the Authors on the Air Global Network. I'm your host, Jeff Crawford. My producer is Carrie Schaefer, and with us today is not only a writer who can give us a tutorial, he's a professor who can give us a tutorial. So we're in for a real treat today. Um, we are proud to welcome the great and award-winning writer, David Bell, who just had a new book come out that we'll get into a little bit later. So David, welcome to And the Plot Thickens. Thank you for having me on. I worry that you built me up too much with that introduction and now I will never be able to live up to that. But it was very, very nice of you to say things about me like that. I'm, I'm sure that the... Uh, I'm sure that I didn't cover half of what I should have. Okay. We're gonna <laughs> we're just gonna jump right into this. Um, on and the plot thickens, we talk about writing dark and suspenseful, intense and edgy. But today I'm gonna start out from a little bit different point of view. Um, as I was doing a little bit of research, I, something struck me, um, in particular to you, and that was the titles of your books automatically put at least me and i think it probably puts every reader already into a particular mood or a a place they're they're really impactful titles um do you work off of a title as you go or does that come up at the end or where in the process does that happen um how do you think it impacts your book as far as a mood or a tension builder yeah i mean i i always have a title in mind when i'm writing the book and i would say most of the time that doesn't end up being the title of the book when the book is public and usually that's because i'm perhaps bad at picking titles and my publisher wants a different title that's more suspenseful or more eye-catching or whatever. So I always have a working title, but it, it, that pretty much never ends up being the actual title. And then a lot of times when the book goes in and I pick a title, maybe half the time, um, my publisher doesn't like my title and I have to change it. So I don't think I'm great at picking titles. Um, but yeah, clearly, I think the title is meant to when when you know we work through the whole process of picking a title. I think the title is meant to evoke something. Um, the title is the way to, in some ways, it can tell the reader what kind of book it is. You know, they, that the title can say, "Oh, this is a suspense novel," or "This is a horror novel," or "This is a whatever novel." So there, so the title can do some of that work. Um, the title is often, I mean, it's certainly one of the first things that the reader sees with a book. You know, they might see, if they're in the store, they see the title and the cover at the same time. 
and maybe the author's name if they don't know the author's name. So it's one of the very first things that a reader notices. Um, and I think it can go a long way, like I said, toward getting a reader interested in a book um, or curious about a book or to tell them what kind of book it is. So I think the title can play a big role, yeah. I, I, I agree. Um, if somebody's looking for uh, you know, a funny romp or a comedy or whatever they're looking for, you know, they're automatically go see by your title. Okay, this is this is something that's going to be a little bit twitchier, darker, edgier. So, you know, you're either going to attract somebody or you're going to pull somebody from all the way across the aisle because they're going to see the pick me up and buy me. You know, so I, I I agree with every bit of that. After writing all the books you've written, what part of writing the darker or edgier parts of a book do you find the hardest to get a reader to see what you're seeing as you write that book or a, a particular scene? What's the hardest part about that? I think the hardest part is that people tend to read a lot of books in the same genre. So um, if, if someone is picking up my book, they're picking it up because they like suspense novels. And it means that they've probably read a lot of really good suspense novels. You know, they've read Harlan Coben and they've read Fiona Barton and they've read all these people, right? And so um, the hard part is for me to come up with something that they haven't seen before because these readers have seen all the tricks before, right? So I have to come up with something that they haven't quite seen before or a character they haven't quite seen before or a setting that they haven't quite seen before. And I have to try to manage to surprise them in a way that they haven't quite been surprised before, right? And also that, and, I, and this is not a criticism of publishing, it's just a fact that once someone does something in a genre that works really well, publishing says, hey, let's, let's do that again, right? So there are these little trends that run through like unreliable narrators or whatever. And so depending on when you show up with your book, people might've read like, you know, oh, I've read five books with unreliable narrators or like in the case of the finalists, it's a locked room story. They might say, oh, I've already read, you know, 10 locked room stories or whatever. So how do you stand out when, when there's, you know, there are certain currents that are happening. People are sophisticated readers. They've read a lot, read a lot of things. They've seen all the true crime podcasts and the TV shows and the whatever. So the challenge is surprising people who have seen a lot, read a lot, thought about it a lot. And, and then also for me, if I've written to the finalists is my 14th book. So I don't want to repeat myself my editor will come along and say, you know, like I'll have a scene where somebody, uh, you know, murder somebody by hitting them over the head with a lamp. And then my editor will say, well, you know, somebody hit somebody over the head with a lamp two books ago. And it's like, ah, I got to come up with a new way to, you know, kill somebody and all that. So those are always the challenges. Right. Yeah. And does that, does that become, um, ah, uh, what's the word? It, does it become, um, off-putting to you or does it help you stay on your game by having to be new and fresh all the time at least in your own mind well I think it's good for the writer to do that I mean the 
the line that I think writers or the tightrope that writers are always walking if they're writing in the same genre, like mystery and suspense or whatever, is that to some extent, readers and publishers want the same thing. They want to know what they're going to get. But then at the same time, they want something different. So same but different, right? And so that's that's the line that writers are always walking in a genre. And I think that pushes us to try to be as creative as possible. Where if you're writing in a genre, you're working within a certain box, right? Um, if I'm writing a suspense novel, people don't want to pick it up and find out that it's, you know, like set in an old west town, you know, with like a marshal or whatever, you know, like, and like you said earlier, they don't want like, it does, they don't want it to be a rom-com. So like, there's a box, but then within that box, how creative can you be? And I think that forces people to try to, people writers to try to think creatively within that, that window, right, that they're in. So I think that's a good thing for writers to be pushed that way. I, I think so too, I, I, I do. What makes you nervous or edgy when you're reading? If a book is really done well, yeah, I do get caught up in it. I, I worry that um, the, the older we get and the more we've read, um, that we become jaded to, to books, right? Because we all, we all probably started reading, a lot of us started reading when we were kids, and there's maybe nothing quite like reading something when you're a kid or seeing a movie when you're a kid and just like getting, you know, completely absorbed in it um, and and thinking that that world is so real and disappearing into that world. And to some extent, we get a little jaded about that because we know we're reading a book or maybe we have just have less time to read. Like when I was a kid, I could remember just like, you know, lying on the couch all day reading a book and we don't get to do that that much when we're adults. Um, so I, I worry that we don't get that experience as much, but when someone really does a good job and really captivates us that way, then that must be a really good book if they're getting a jaded adult captivated by a book. So I think anytime something gets us caught up in the emotion of a story, then that writer has done a really good job. I, uh, I agree. I agree. Um, this is something that I ask almost everyone who comes on the show, uh, because I never get tired of the answer. If we consider a reader being nervous or edgy or jittery, whatever, um, and you consider that as profit to a writer, okay, we've got what we were looking for you know, from the reader, which is more profitable to write the, the known or the unknown? Yeah, it's, I think it's a little of both because, um, a story that is dark or suspenseful or edgy, um, even a story that has the supernatural in it, um, there has to be some entry point of the known, I think for the reader that the reader has to say, I, I recognize something about the character um, or the world is, even if it's like a totally fantastical world, 
um, the writer has to establish the rules of the world and say, this is, this is what everyday life is like in this world. Um, and, but in some way we're relating to the character, right? Even if it's a character who's very different than us, we understand something about the character. Uh, you know, they care about their family or they're worried about money or whatever. And so we have some entry point to them. So that's the known. I think the known gets established and is, and is something we can relate to. And then the writer is free to go into the unknown. Um, in the kinds of stories I write, you know, a suspense story, it's taking, my stories tend to take regular people, you know, familiar everyday people who we might be able to relate to, um, and then putting them in some extraordinary circumstance. Somebody gets kidnapped, somebody disappears, a family member's murdered, some dark secret from the past comes up. And so it's always like that everyday world that we perhaps recognize and then something bizarre intrudes on it um and maybe we all live in fear of that you know we we complain if our lives are boring and mundane but really we want our lives to be boring and mundane right because you don't want unless it's like winning the lottery right you don't want the weird bizarre thing to happen because that's no good when the weird, bizarre thing happens. So we, you live through someone else doing it in a book or in a movie or something like that. That's a great answer. And everybody's given me an answer and nobody's summed it up quite like that. I appreciate that. Well, we should um, just stop right now. I should <laughs> the end. Don't do any better than that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll think about that one. How much is too much as far as keeping a reader in the dark or on edge? Well, I mean, again, I think that's one of the tight ropes that writers walk. And, that, and I think this applies to any story. I mean, any, I'd say that I'm writing suspense stories, but really any story should be a suspense story because any story keeps the reader in suspense. If you're, if you're watching a romantic comedy, you're feeling suspense because you're wondering what's going to be the answer to the basic question, which is, are they going to get back together? I mean, you know, they're going to get back together, but you're kind of wondering how and when are they going to get back together? So there's suspense. So there should always be suspense. Um, but writers, I think, are always walking the line between saying, I need to dole out enough information that the reader will keep reading and introduce new questions. You know, you might answer a question, but then ask a new question in the course of a book so that the reader keeps coming back, um, but you're not front-loading all the answers so that there's no reason to go on. I mean, we've all had the experience of watching a TV show that starts out really fast. You know, here's all this intriguing stuff, right? But they never really answer any questions or it takes a long time to answer questions. And so the viewer gets frustrated and says, I'm not gonna stick around if you're not gonna give me something. Right? You're not going right. to provide me some information. So I think that's always the challenge is answering enough questions, giving enough information that the reader is intrigued and keeps going, but not providing all the information up front. So you just say like, well, there's no reason to keep going. So I think that's, that's the line we're always walking. Good, good answer. Um, do you keep yourself in suspense as the book evolves or... Do you know what's going to happen every step all the way through it? Well, I and I guess that's a, I guess that's a backdoor way of saying do you 
do you outline intricately or not? But I do, I do, I do make an outline or a summary of the book before I start writing it. So I think I know what's going to happen, and I do stick to it pretty well. Um, but I stuff always comes up that I hadn't thought of. You know, stuff always occurs to me, and I realize, well, I had this happening in the outline, but it's not as interesting as if this if this other thing happened. And sometimes, uh, you know, characters show up who I didn't know were gonna show up or characters do things that I wasn't sure they were gonna do. And so that makes it interesting. But even in the scenes when I'm sticking exactly to the outline that I made, it's obviously more suspenseful and more intriguing to be writing it in the moment and seeing, seeing it in my head in the moment. So even when I'm sticking directly to the outline, I mean, and, and the outline I write is pretty, unadorned and flat it just says you know like char character walks down the street you know character does this you know character jumps out of a window whatever it's all very flat but writing it and seeing it come to life in the way that it comes to life when it's being written um is is much more engaging than just an outline so again i think i have an out i do have an outline i think i know what's going to happen sometimes stuff comes up that i didn't think was going to happen but even the stuff that i know is going to happen it's much more fun to write it in novel form than in outline form. Yeah. Well, do, do you think in any way that it helps the keep the the reader engaged or wondering or uh, emotionally invested if if you're writing under the intensity of the moment? Do you think it ever trickles down? that far or can you do the same thing if everything's so technical i think that it's always i assume it's always going to be better for the reader if the writer is caught up in the story too because if it's if the person creating the story is caught up in it um and and feels that it's important or vivid or emotional or whatever then somehow that has to translate to the writer to the reader Right. So I think it's always a good thing if a writer is caught up in the story. Um, and then then I think that's going to go to the reader somehow. I think if I've never felt this way, but I imagine that if a writer was just sitting there and saying, well, I'm just going through the motions. Yeah. You know, yeah. He runs down the street. Yeah. He you know, he he throws the baby out the window, you know, like then the reader's gonna pick up on that some way. In the way that like, if you have to, you know, like, you know, like if you have to send some boring email or, or you know, you're like doing your taxes and you're, or, you know, you're just like, yeah, I'm just doing this. I don't think people at the IRS are getting tax returns and they're like, wow, this guy was really into his taxes. <laughs> you know, you're like, look how vividly <laughs> he, he wrote about his, you know, like, so I think that can, that a reader can see that and say like what well, felt like this the person on the other end was alert and engaged i, I hope it does i think so i th i i think there maybe in, it, it boils down to word choice as a writer if you're if you're in that moment i think you use and think of words and vocabulary and dialogue and conversations and descriptions that you would maybe never have used if you weren't in that moment. 
and because of that, that's how I was thinking it may trickle down to the reader. You know, you've made something more vibrant or more alive to them just because it was to you when you wrote it. Right. And I imagine that the more engaged the writer is, then the perhaps the better, more vivid choices they'll make in terms of language or whatever. And the more vivid those choices are, then the more vivid the story is for the reader, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I would hope that that translates to the reader somehow. Well, I'll tell you what, um, everything you've said today tells, tells me that every reader is going to have a wonderful time with any of your books. Um, you, you sound like you're just, you sound to me like you just can't wait to sit down and write every time it, it's time to write. You know, you're not going to be phoning it in. And that's, uh, to me, that's a wonderful thing. I don't phone it in, but I am fundamentally lazy. So sometimes I have to, you know, it's, it, the problem is the internet, you know, the Hemingway, those, they never had to worry about being distracted by the internet on the computer. That's, I think it's much more impressive what we do today because we could easily just go look at YouTube videos all day or check the news. That's the, that's the, the task we, we have to deal with. Yeah, it, my my life as a writer got much harder when I discovered TikTok, you know, and my phone ah. was sitting right beside me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. David, it has been such a genuine pleasure having you here today, and I hope you'll agree to come back someday so we can continue this discussion. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Before you get gone, tell all the listeners where they can find your latest book, The Finalist, and your other books as well. Plus, keep up with you. Well, uh, The Finalist is out. It's been out for just about a month. It's in all the stores, your favorite indie bookstore, Target, those sorts of places. So you can track it down anywhere. And if you want to find out all the exciting things I'm up to, um, my website is davidbellnovels.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And all of those are David Bell Novels. Um, and that's where I post, you know, events and when books are coming out and all that stuff. So please follow me on there. And I'm always happy to hear from readers in those places. Fantastic. I, I, I hope you have a, I hope you just have an onslaught of new, uh, of new fans because they've heard you here today. I really do. Um, I hope it's going to be like Beatlemania. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. And, and thank you again so much for being on the show. Well, thank you, Jeff. I, it was good to talk to you. You've been listening to And the Plot Thickens, part of the Authors on the Air Global Network. Follow the show and listen to previous shows on the And the Plot Thickens page on Facebook. Uh, listen and watch on YouTube, Anchor, SoundCloud. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok to hear more about these shows and the books that I've written. Uh, join us next time for another great episode. And until then, read a book. Let everyone know you read the book and leave a review. Reviews do matter. Have a great week, and AM, we're still behind you, buddy. Thank you very much.